listening to Phenomenology Club Radio. Hello and thank you for listening to this audio podcast. I am Buttress, the host of Phenomenology Club, which is an interactive online community of artists and thinkers centered around this content that I create and curate online for us to talk about which is why both our tagline for Phenomenology Club and the subtitle for this discussion series is Talk About It. Most of these uploads are originally streamed live on our YouTube page. If you're interested in interacting with those as they happen live, please go subscribe and turn on the notifications at youtube.com slash phenomenology club. And in general, to learn more about our club, what we do, and how you can become a member for only $1 a month, please visit our website at www.phenomenology.club. Thank you for listening. Stay trippy. Have yourself a merry little Christmas. Ho, ho, ho! Merry Christmas! Meet me under the missile. Meet me under the missile. Merry Christmas. Hello, Merry Motherfucking Christmas. We're not quite there yet, but this is my second attempt at a Christmas-themed upload because, uh, those of you who are witness to yesterday's travesty. I tried to do a Christmas episode and I just wasn't feeling it. I just wasn't feeling that Christmas spirit, even though that's what it was supposed to be about. That Christmas motherfucking spirit. I just wasn't feeling it and I didn't say anything fun. So fuck it. I'm going to try to do another Christmas episode because anyone who knows me knows that if I do something and I'm dissatisfied with how it's done, I do it again and I'll do it again. I'll keep doing it until Christmas is literally over for months. I will be doing this motherfucking Christmas episode. You don't believe me? Then you don't know me. So anyway, I tried to speak a bit about the phenomenology of Christmas spirit, uh, which, you know, obviously is something I'd have to pull out of my ass because it's not like there's there's such <laughs> literature on the topic. And uh, I have not read Hegel's Phenomenology of Spirit in full because... Um, because I haven't, and I'm working on it, okay? So stop judging me. And I think that if I had read it in full, actually, that could be a great fucking topic, but it just hasn't happened yet. So you know what? Next year, meet me back, same place, same time, and I'm gonna give you, I'm gonna give you the actual phenomenology of Christmas spirit, uh, academic version. But for now, I figured, um, why don't I talk about something that I actually do have, uh, quite a bit of expertise in and that thing is babu jeebus also known as baby jeebus also known as baby jesus also known as jesus christo jesus creed bro crude bro jeebus christos fuck yeah so as we all know the real reason of the season is babu jeebus so i thought i would talk about him a little bit even though uh you know Everything I'm about to say here to you might not be overtly Christmas-themed. Lucky for us, I got the Christmas sound effects on deck, so if I just sprinkle them in a little bit here and there, I think that, like, the aesthetic of the presentation of what I'm saying will become transformed and will take on characteristics of the Christmas spirit. So even if I'm talking about Babu Jeebus, 
<laughs> and elements of Babu Jibos that are not explicitly Christmas, it can still hopefully take on this tone. So what I want to say about Yabu Jibos, uh, also Emmanuel and Yeshua, as Antonio Ortiz has let us know in the chat, uh, is my mic okay? There's sound going on behind me. Is that is that bothering anybody? I think it's fine. Um. <clears throat> anyway, so the real reason of the season is Babu Jibos. We all know this, right? And why is Babu Jibos the real reason for the season? Well, basically. Even though um, I think that this has largely to do with things like marketing and stuff, we all hear often that Babu Jibus is the reason of the season because he is humanity's greatest gift, right? He is the gift to all of us from the Lord God motherfucking Almighty. He sent his one and only son for us, the dirty fucking sinners um but why is babu jibos considered the greatest gift to humanity um just so i i i i give my background i'm someone who grew up like super fundamentalist christian and i i didn't want to originally do my uh christmas special on babu jibos just because um i've like fallen into this mindset where i'm like I, like, think I talk about Jeebus too much. But then I realized, actually, I don't think I've ever talked about Jeebus on this channel. Um, I've gotten interviewed a bunch of various times for my music that ended up turning into, like, rants about Babu Jeebus. Um, so maybe that's why in my head I'm like, bitch, stop talking about this guy. But uh, I don't think I've ever spoken about Jeebus on Phenomenology Club, so I think that's fine. Oh, we got KJ in the chat. KJ is running for moderator in the Discord <laughs> server. We're having elections soon. Uh, any of you who aren't members of our Discord server, you should really get in there because it's quite the community. Uh, there's a lot of stuff going on all the time. People fighting, people leaving, people running for moderator. <laughs> we have elections right now. We're trying to come up with a government for how we should all uh, interact with each other. So... There's a lot happening. But anyway, um, Babu Jeebus, let's talk about it. So Babu Jeebus is humanity's greatest gift, right? Um, and he is born on Christmas Day. First of all, um, I believe that historians who believe in Babu Jeebus, because let it be known, a lot of people, myself included, are very skeptical about the histority of Jeebus period. I personally don't actually believe that he ever even existed as a historical figure. And if you want to know the reasons why, I mean, they're long and varied. But some of the reasons that I don't believe that Babu Jeebus ever actually existed is because... When you consider the history um, of exactly what was going on, especially as it relates to like the Jews' political reality as they were being occupied by the Romans in this time that Babu Jibos is said to have existed, um, it becomes clear to me that there are all types of reasons that a character like Babu Jibos uh, would have existed um, to mobilize people to political aims. 
And, you know, a lot of what people use to say that Babu Jeebus likely existed are things like, well, you know, the apostles were witness to him and this and that, but the apostles were also witness to things like the feeding of the multitude where Jeebus takes like what what is it five fish and gives them to five thousand people so i mean if the if a thing like the eyewitness accounts of the apostles are supposed to make me feel confidently in babu jibos then how am i supposed to treat all this other sort of information you know this stuff was fabricated but everything else they said was true you know but the real reason that i've become incredibly skeptical of whether or not i believe in babu jibos is just because um Hold on, I'm going to shut this door. It's a little loud. Alright. <clears throat> the real reason for the season is... <laughs> um, no, the real reason that I've become skeptical of... Uh, the historicity period of Baba Jeebus And why I don't personally really think that he existed uh is because there's just no historical record of the guy i believe that the first um real historical mentioning of babu jibas is from a historian uh that i believe was writing in either 60 or 80 ad a roman historian so i mean this person had never even visited uh you know the 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 place jerusalem that jebus was uh, existing in supposedly and he mentions uh jesus jebus as um basically the guy that emperor nero fucking hates because <laughs> you know nero aka zaddy that's my boy is the notorious hater of the christians and he killed many of them you know um and this reality, the fact that early Christians were being persecuted at enormous rates, being murdered and stuff, that, that's another reason that people say they likely believe um, that a historical figure like Babu Jibos ever existed. You know, the, the proof is in the pudding, so to speak. All of these early Christians that are just willing to go into the fucking gladiator ring and fucking fight, but... You have to remember that this environment is incredibly political, you know? It's not just an issue of, oh, I love Jesus, why, why are you persecuting me? It's that the Romans were occupying the Jews and, you know, they wanted to liberate themselves from this incredibly oppressive uh, empire that had taken over their fucking shit. And um, also, you know... The story of the crucifixion in particular, which I'll, I'll save that one for Easter if we do another another Baba Jeebus episode. Remember, we're keeping it Christmas. Can you hear these effects? Look, every time I go too far away from Christmas, I'll bring us back a little bit. Um, an, uh, one of the one objection raised by historians for why people should become skeptical of the historicity of Babu Jiba's period is because um, during the crucifixion story, Pontius Pilate, um, anyone who's familiar with the story knows, he's approached by the rabbis who want Jesus to be gone, basically. I mean, the, the rabbis, the Pharisees, 
they fucking hate Jeebus because, you know, he's riling up the people. He's calling them all fucking fakers, money-hungry, greedy assholes that are just exploiting the Jewish peoples uh, and really have no relationship with God. Uh, so, you know, they want him gone and they come to Pontius Pilate and say, like, you know, um, take him off our hands, please. Like, uh fuck him up we hate him he's fucking up our shit and uh also like there's this jewish holiday that takes place um every year where we free a polit where we free a prisoner and pontius pilate like respects this request first of all i don't know i'm not jewish maybe if any of you are jewish you know but i looked into this a little bit and i read um, that this holiday where the Jews free a prisoner once a year, apparently this holiday is, like, not a thing. It's, like, never really been observed. Like, maybe there might be, like, one or two mentions of it in some, like, ancient text. But I believe what I read, if I'm not mistaken, don't quote me on this. Investigate it yourselves. Like, everything I say, please. But apparently this holiday doesn't even exist. So, let already makes you feel a little suspicious what's going on here and then beyond that the fact that Pontius Pilate would do a thing like release Barabbas who is guilty of crimes against Rome I mean Pontius Pilate was only a I don't know the word a consulate he didn't have he had higher ups in Rome you know he, this man answered to other people he couldn't just be like if the Jews come to him like uh free this guy he can't just be like okay you know what why not it's your holiday i guess so and i'm gonna kill this jesus guy too like pontius pilate wasn't the emperor of fucking rome he was just like the fucking you know standing fucking leader of the uh, the occupation of israel so um that's suspicious as well like uh, uh, pontius pilate acting in such a way on his own accord i mean that could be a thing for which he could become executed like it doesn't seem likely that such a thing would have happened um but but who knows who knows i'm not a historical expert but these are all the reasons that i myself have become skeptical as to whether or not such a person even existed oh wait i'll mention i'll mention one more also the fact that clearly um the legend of babu jibos greatly resembles all these other types of figures from the ancient world most notably zoroaster um and it's like you know everything you learn about jibos he basically seems like he's sort of an amalgamation of all these quote-unquote urban legends of like mystical figures from the ancient world like what are the chances all these guys like so greatly resemble each other you know to a fucking t like oh and this one existed i don't know shit and all of these uh people that are supposed to be witness to this thing it, it includes all these ridiculous miracles and stuff i just don't think so i think that it's very likely that you know if you're um a jew living under roman occupation in like what is it 33 bc or something um a thing like mobilizing the people around this idea that there's there was some miracle worker who's the messiah and uh you know i saw him commit all these miracles and the romans killed him you guys just didn't hear about it because we don't have fucking video phones back then and shit you know i could see a thing like that motivating people to political action just saying uh so this is all of why i don't believe in baba jeebus but let's bring it back to christmas <laughs> 
Seljebus is the reason for the season, and we celebrate Christmas for a variety of reasons. I mean, originally the holiday, or much of how we observe it, is a uh, pagan, and the Catholics basically took uh, this pagan celebration of Christmas, which probably wasn't even one celebration in and of itself. I'm sure they like mishmashed it out when they did their thing as well, and it became a Catholic holiday where it became about Jesus being born. And like I said on yesterday's episode, um, in early America, when the settlers first came, they weren't even allowed to celebrate Christmas because they were so opposed to the Catholics, you know, and it was just another fucked up Catholic holiday. So we weren't even allowed to celebrate Christmas. So Christmas is un-American, let it be known. Um, but Jesus, <laughs> once again, Jebus is the reason. And the reason he's the reason for the season is because he is supposed to be a gift, right? But why is he a gift? What is the relevance? I mean, people who are Christians or were previously Christians will know, but those of you who don't, I'll just tell you because it's it's Christmas and it's story time. Basically, um, the coming of Jesus is the fulfillment of the Old Testament prophecies, you know. And this is ultimately the difference between Christians and between the Jewish peoples. I mean, there's many differences, but as far as like the ideology, this is like the basic rift, you know, because we see both of these religions observe the Old Testament scriptures. Um, and in the Old Testament, it is foretold that there will be a Messiah come to deliver the people from essentially damnation, eternal damnation. And in the Old Testament, I mean, I'm sure most of you know, God is a dick. Like, he's a fucking dick. Uh, he's about his business. He doesn't give a fuck. You, you're gonna ransack that city? You better kill the women, kill the children. You better dash those babies upon the motherfucking rocks. You better not eat seashells after dark. There's a lot going on. God gives no fucks. He is cruel and he is unforgiving. And in the Old Testament, you know, um, he only has one people, his chosen people, who are the Jews. These are the sons and daughters of Abraham, and he has chosen them uh, to be his people and basically gives zero fucks about any other people. Um, so that's part of the justification for why God's such a fucking asshole in the Old Testament, because those weren't his people, you know. And in the Old Testament, there is no hope if you are a Gentile, a.k.a. not a Jew. There is no hope that you could ever be forgiven for your transgressions because we are all born from sin ever since Adam and Eve ate that motherfucking apple and realized that they were butt fucking naked. Can I, can I say something real quick while we're on Adam and Eve? You know what I realized? You know how there's all these like funny like social media memes about uh post nut clarity and shit? I realized 
that the Adam and Eve story is totally a metaphor for post-nut clarity. Like, it's so perfect, you know? And post-nut clarity, for those who don't know, is this idea that, like, you know, as soon as you're, like, you're, like, masturbating to some, like, whatever kind of porn or whatever, and as soon as you finish, you're like, oh, what am I doing? Like, the porn's still playing, and people are just, like, slapping their fucking meat against each other, and the, like, dead fish, and it's just like, oh, what am I? I'm disgusting. Oh. This is, like, totally what's being described during the Adam and Eve story, post-nut clarity. Like, they eat the apple, and then all of a sudden they realize they're naked. They realize their nakedness and that they're fucking fucked up and disgusting. Ugh. I love that I figured that out. Adam and Eve is uh, a metaphor for post-nut clarity. But anyway, as soon as Adam and Eve ate that motherfucking apple, uh, they basically set set the tone and the 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 path for the rest of us that we were all fucking doomed except for the people that would be chosen by the lord the jewish peoples um and throughout the old testament as we're witness to all of these stories about the jews getting treated terribly by god let me just say god gives the jews no break they may be his chosen people but he is not nice to them either jesus christ i mean just read the book of exodus as soon as he delivers them from slavery in egypt which i forget but i'm sure i'm sure they were slaves in egypt according to the old testament by the way this is another thing that is historically unproven and likely untrue um obviously i mean i it's not true but um i mean likely i i don't know someone's gonna come in here all mad whatever i'm not a historian but um you know the jews are slaves in egypt in the old testament and then he delivers them and then uh <laughs> as soon as they're delivered uh, the shit starts happening and you know there's like a story where god tells moses like strike the rock uh and water will flow from it and, or maybe he says to speak to the rock or something, and Moses, like, strikes it instead. Which, first of all, I mean, what was Moses thinking? Like, was that, like, a nervous tick? Like, why didn't you just do what this guy said? You know he's an asshole, but, like, whatever. So, yeah, it is Moses' fault. But then the punishment is incredibly unwarranted. God's like, oh, 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 you want to fuck with me? 40 more years in the desert, bitch. How you like that? 40 years, bitch. Really? All of us? All of us? have to live in the desert for 40 more years after we were just slaves in Egypt because Moses did this thing first of all why do we all have to suffer for this asshole second of all 40 years you're a dick but anyway um so God in the Old Testament is an asshole and throughout the Old Testament there are multiple prophets and they prophesy this coming of the Messiah and once the Messiah comes Babajibus, the Messiah is foretold to be a person that will deliver all peoples. And so not only will his chosen peoples, the Jews, have a chance at salvation, but all peoples will have a chance to be saved from our original sin and be able to be with the Lord in heaven, you know? Um, because also in the Old Testament, there is this theme over and over again of sacrifice you know you have to have a sacrificial lamb to atone for your sins god just has a boner for dead animals you know god just loves them stack them up stack up those dead animals 
God wants a lamb today. You better find one and you better sacrifice one, you know. And this is part of the famous story with Abraham where God tells Abraham to sacrifice his only son, Isaac, um, so that Isaac will be, you know, Isaac is the sacrifice God desired in that moment because God's a dick. He wanted to see if Abraham would do it, essentially. God does this a lot in the Old Testament. Basically wants to test his peoples. Gotta test their fucking will. Drive them all fucking nuts because he's an asshole. Um, and, you know, at the last moment, as Abraham is getting ready to sacrifice his only son. And also, for those of you who don't know, I mean, uh, Isaac was... Isaac took forever to be conceived. Like... Abraham didn't have a son for the longest time and his wife Sarah couldn't conceive a son and then eventually it happened after so many years and they thought Sarah would never have a son. So it wasn't like Isaac is just like one of many sons. Isaac was his only son and his only son that he was given in a set of like very uh, extreme circumstances where a son seemed like it would never be likely. Anyway, I'm talking about Jesus so much. Okay, so G baby Jesus is supposed to happen. Uh, or the Messiah is supposed to happen, you know. And this is where Christians and Jews uh, depart from each other. I mean, they depart from each other earlier than this. But, you know, in, in the public lexicon of what's most easily understood, Christians basically believe that Babu Jebus is the Messiah he is the one that was foretold in the Old Testament scriptures, and the Jewish peoples believe no such thing. They believe that the Messiah is yet to come, I think. I mean, I guess so, unless they have another guy I've never heard of. <laughs> I don't think so. Um, so the Christians worship Jebus because he is this ultimate sacrificial lamb, you know, and... To try to come at this from a bit of a philosophical perspective, uh, because this is how I myself gave up Christianity, um, I mean, it makes no sense. I don't know if we have any Christians in the chat uh, that want to tell me how it makes sense, but the contradictions are just endless. Oh yeah, this is what I wanted to tell you. Speaking of crib cribmas, <laughs> um... The, the historians that do believe that J Babu Jebus existed, they put his birth actually, I believe, somewhere around April um, and not around Christmas. But I believe that the reason they do that is actually based on, uh, <laughs> I think it's based on information taken from the Gospels, uh, inferred from the story of the wise men following this certain star. Uh, I don't know if that's true for all historians, but that is definitely true of one account I read that people actually place his birth sometime around April. And the reason that they do this is because it has something to do with like fucking Venus shining bright or something. Because, you know, in the Christmas story, the wise men follow this star in the east, the brightest star or whatever. And, you know, they know that the wise men came from like North Africa. So they put it all together like, OK, if the star was in the east and they were following you here, blah, blah, blah. Jebus was born in April. Great. I don't know anything about that shit, but that's what I, I'm pretty sure. Uh, um so so i got a lot of problems with jebus um i'm 
I'm sure many of you know, uh, because I say it over and over again. I'm an atheist, personally, uh, and that's a badge that I do wear proudly, despite the fact that there's all sorts of reasons for why you might not want to wear that badge proudly. Number one being just this incredible fucking culture of dude broism around the word. I mean, so many atheists and, like, the skeptic community, they're just fucking dude bros. Like, who wants to hang out with you guys? And also, they're just never, they never get tired of debating atheism with Christians. Like, give it a rest, bro. How many times can you fight about, like, the fucking, like, creation myth and shit, you know? It's just, like, boring. Talk about something else. God. Hold on. And a lot of these people, like Richard Dawkins and Sam Harris and shit, they're just a bunch of dude bro assholes. They're like, ooh, science, ooh, this, ooh, that. So I understand why a lot of people shy away from the title, but I'm someone who believes very much in reclaiming titles and conquering my surroundings. So I'm not going to let them take this word from me just because there's a bunch of fucking dude bros. So fuck you. Okay. Guys, feeling that Christmas spirit? Hold on, I'm drinking coffee. Listen to these sounds. Oh, anyway. So, <laughs> so the thing is, um, first of all. I have a hard time with uh, this contradiction that emerges, uh, and we see it everywhere, you know, uh, when we observe popular Christianity and Christians, uh, how there's this Old Testament God who I just described is this fucking dick, <laughs> you know, kill all the women, kill the children, kill the babies, kill all the animals. And then we have Jebus who is like the exact opposite. Jeebus smoked hella weed, basically. I mean, he's just like, peace and love, brah, like, brah. And this is another reason that I think that uh, he seems, so, I mean, he's such a political figure. Like, this is part of why I feel more and more suspicious of this historical narrative of Jeebus, because it's like, what are the chances he has all these political agendas and stuff? He's known as being very passive, though. It is true. Um, and, you know, this is part of why people, like, love to fucking... Even people who aren't Christians just love to be like, Jesus would never hate gay people. Jesus would never do that. Like, are you sure, really? Because, I mean... And no matter what Jesus was like, <laughs> let's say he existed, no matter what this fucking hippie was like, uh, it's true that he was still working for his dad, who basically <laughs> is a terrorist. I mean, his dad is a dick. First of all, I like the Old Testament God a lot. I would definitely worship that guy more than I would worship Jesus. I mean, Jesus is a bitch. Like, let's just be real. Like, he's a pussy. I'm sorry. He's just, like, always, like, if your enemy, like, touches you, like, turn your other cheek, brah, I get that being passive is a good thing in certain circumstances, but it's really, like, not, uh, it's not some, it's not always, like, the morally obvious choice. I mean, violence is also necessary in many circumstances, 
And he's just like always like whatever, bruh. It's chill, bruh. Just just be chill. Act cool, bruh. It's like that's just not me. I don't like that. I don't like that. And I don't like that people act like like Jesus would do this or Jesus would do that. Because the way I see it, I don't think that Christians are hypocritical really in anything. Even in their things like I mean, they are in lots of ways. Don't get me wrong, but let me say what I'm about to say. I don't think that they're hypocritical for a thing like, you know, deciding being gay is bad, for example. And people say that they are because like Jesus would never. Jesus said love everyone. But Jesus and the Old Testament God are clearly at complete odds. I mean, they are logical opposites of each other. And Christians are given no clear instructions for how to navigate this this disparity you know how can i reconcile jesus's teachings with everything in the old testament but and this is like the first big contradiction you know there's a lot of christians who actually will say because you know there's all types of different christians and this guy like doesn't take this seriously and this is my christianity and yada yada but a lot of christians will say that they only follow jesus they don't give a fuck about the old testament and it's like well that's cool but that's hypocritical because you're you're because what what is the argument for jesus's divinity in the first place the reason that jesus is said to be divine is because he fulfills the old testament prophecies so you can't say that you accept christ's divinity and then completely throw out the old testament the old testament is the justification for jesus's divinity so either you accept them both or you should reject them both you know you can't just pick one if you're god God is the God of Jesus, <laughs> Jesus's father uh, in the New Testament, then your God is also the Old Testament. That's not some other guy. That's the same fucking guy. And that guy and all that happened in the Old Testament is the justification for why you should give half a fuck about Babu Jeebus in the first place. So that's the first thing. Lady Grinning Soul says, nah, but if everyone acted like Jesus, it would be chill. That's why we like him. It's a working conception of how true equality could be manifested. Just unlikely because no one wants to sacri sacrifice self. Mm. I just don't agree. I think that, uh, especially when you consider that a lot of Jesus's most famous uh, teachings about being passive and turning the other cheek and stuff were um, done in the context of him being asked by his disciples about how they should like interact with the Roman forces of oppression around them. Uh, then I think that this seems much more sinister. It's not that Jesus was just like, you know what, if your neighbor's throwing a fit, chill out, bro. It's not that big of a deal, which is a teaching I would align with. It's that Jesus basically tells the Jews, don't fight back. Fighting back is stupid, you know? Um, you know, the famous passage where they ask if they should have to pay taxes to Caesar or whatever, and Jesus is like, Give to Caesar what is Caesar's and give to my father what is his or whatever bullshit, you know. Jesus has this message kind of, of basically becoming submissive to authority in many ways. And Jesus, I think, is very ascetic. Uh, and I hate him. I hate him. I'm sorry. Babu Jeebus, I hate you. Um, because 
I think that if you want to accept Christianity, like I just said, you have to accept that the Old Testament is divine as well as the New Testament. Jesus' teachings can't be divine in and of themselves because the Old Testament is the justification for Christ's divinity, right? And if you want to accept this, but also, I mean, you could throw out the Old Testament altogether. Let's just do that hypothetically. You could throw out the Old Testament altogether and say, I just accept the teachings of Jesus. I like what he did or whatever. Um, and still, the set of conditions would be similar, you know, that we are all born into this world as these creatures that are ultimately, at baseline, corrupt. And we are, by nature, programmed, quote-unquote, to be cruel to each other, to be greedy, to commit acts of violence against each other. And, you know, it is only through becoming submissive that we can hope to essentially atone for our sins our original sin of just simply being human and this is why even to try and appreciate christ's uh teachings from a secular perspective i can't because they all are centered around this idea that humans ourselves are unworthy of goodness and incapable of goodness and it's only by things like denying ourselves and our nature that we could ever hope to be good or be saved or be worthy of anything and i fucking reject that this is the mode of all christianity you can't believe it unless you also hate yourself you have to believe that you are by your own nature corrupt and disgusting and undeserving of anything good and also incapable of anything good and if you want to be anything good you must deny yourself and your very nature and this is so true that even people who are not christians this attitude is so pervasive look at how we talk about climate change and shit and look at how we talk about politics everything's like uh humans are disgusting we're a plague on the earth we're evil we don't deserve anything good i hope we all die like shit like this you know humans are by nature corrupt and we're by nature violent we're by nature evil like speak for yourself bitch I don't believe that that's true at all. I believe that that's a terrible fucking attitude. And fuck that. I don't think so. So this is my gift to you. My gift to you is telling you to snap the fuck out of it. <laughs> snap the fuck out of it. That's not an attitude anybody should be having about themselves. Especially if you want to... If you want to make things better, which you seem like you do, that 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 attitude in and of itself makes no sense because, I mean, I've said this before, so I won't get into it again. But if you believe that the justification that humans should be humans should die because we are by nature evil or some bullshit, if you believe that, then why are you even bothered, you know? Like, wouldn't you just mentally treat us like we're a bunch of fucking mosquitoes or something, you know? Like, we just happen to unfortunately be naturally wired to be terrible creatures, you know? 
Like, it wouldn't even be a moral issue. It would just be like, you know, it's unfortunate, but I think that humans uh, should probably perish because it would be better for the ecosystem or some shit, you know? It wouldn't be this, like, incredibly emotional, grandiose narrative about humans should, we deserve to die and we're the worst and we don't know how to treat each other and blah, blah, blah. Like, you sound like you care. You sound like you think humans are capable of something better. You sound like you feel like things aren't right, you know? So, how about you start making some fucking sense? Nietzsche says that Christian... I'm reading a comment by Chris. Nietzsche says that Christian values convert the desires of people who are unable to obtain sex, money, etc. into things like purity, forgiveness, and salvation. No. Who told you that, Chris? That's not true. That might be like the incel version. I'm not calling you an incel. <laughs> but that sounds like, like Ben Shapiro's translation of Nietzsche or something. Because, you know, these conservative dude bros just fucking love Nietzsche, too people like I was talking before, Richard Dawkins and Sam Harris and all them, they love Nietzsche. And they would probably say something like this, but Nietzsche did not believe that, uh, <laughs> that people became, became, uh, Christians or had to, had to, you know, come up with these ideas of purity and forgiveness and salvation because they couldn't get laid or they couldn't get rich. I mean, Nietzsche was not rich. Nietzsche, Nietzsche fucking... I mean, maybe, maybe comparatively, I, I don't know what the German economic system was like when he died, but I mean, he died like alone and sad. Uh, but yeah, no, Nietzsche, Nietzsche believed, as I believe, I'm definitely trying to channel him a bit. I mean, the first work of philosophy I ever read was on the genealogy of morality, which moved me deeply. And the sentiment that I was just expressing to you is the same exact sentiment that Nietzsche is on about over and over in this book. It's that humans are basically in this mode, especially within Christianity, we come into these modes of extreme self-hatred and we deny our own greatness. But we are by nature capable of such amazing things and this should be obvious to just about anybody. I mean, observe observe the fucking course of human history. Look at all the amazing things that we have done, you know, across civilizations. I mean, look at the fucking pyramids. Look at Stonehenge. Look at ancient Egypt. Look at China. I mean, China is one of the oldest civilizations in the world. Look at um, all the amazing things that they have done for thousands and thousands of years. Written language. Fucking now we're on some like technology shit. Medicine. We do so much amazing shit. And we do it just because we naturally do stuff. Every species naturally does stuff, you know. And the stuff that we naturally do, a lot of it is trippy as fuck. So why are you hating? Stop hating, you fucking dicks. But yeah, Nietzsche, Nietzsche would not say that. Nietzsche, Nietzsche believed in, you know, human greatness has nothing to do with, like, people's inability to get laid. It was about how people who basically were too afraid of or felt themselves too incapable of achieving greatness themselves... They had to create a justification for why, you know, and like the thing I was just saying about climate change and shit, I feel like people are doing the same exact thing. It's not that Christianity is necessary 
for this justification to emerge of self-hatred you know you can come up with all types of justifications like oh we'll never be great we'll never get past this time in history or whatever because we are corrupt we are evil we are violent we are greedy you're just justifying something probably for many reasons for one you don't think that you you are capable of doing anything great so why don't you take it up with yourself instead of speaking negatively on the rest of us because many of us recognize that we are capable of doing great things right babu jeebus um lady asked how did you get to a point where you could let go of self-hatred well let me let me give you my personal testimony it's funny those of you who are christians know that christians are always sharing their testimonies their stories of how they got saved from the clutches of death you know this is like a story you all repeat to each other in various venues over and over again at the fucking altar call speaking in tongues and shit but i feel like my testimony is when i left christianity uh, and learn to stop hating myself because as I was a young woman girl I guess I was like 14 15 something uh, I was I mean I went to Christian school my whole life like kindergarten through 12th grade this is why I know so much bullshit about the Bible I've read the entire Bible front to back and then some I mean I read the Bible like every day for years of my life uh, and I had Bible class. I mean, I got tested on this shit. It was serious. And I was at church like multiple times a week. It, it was serious. Okay. Um, but I started to think about shit and I have no idea why. Uh, because I don't feel like I necessarily had some external imp impulse to do this. But we were reading John Milton's Paradise Lost for anybody who doesn't know i mean i'm sure you're mostly familiar with this work but it's basically the story of how uh lucifer the light bringer who's one of god's head angels i believe he might have even been higher in authority than gabriel he rebels against god and is cast from heaven and basically you know other angels join him and they um, had their fucking Satan demon army and go to war with uh, God's holy holy forces. Um, it's basically this whole story of how Satan fell from grace. Uh, Paradise Lost by John Milton. I forget when it's written. Maybe the early 19th century or, or earlier, maybe. I'm not sure. Um, but anyway, no, I think it's earlier than that. It's been a minute. But anyway, I started to think. I'm like, okay, okay, okay. Christians have this idea, right, that, like, God created everything, right? Before there was God, there was nothing, you know? But there was never before a God because God is everything. God is infinite. Um, so God is the essence of everything, right? And God is purely good. There is God is is the opposite of everything that is bad, you know? But then it had me thinking, like, well, then how did evil ever come to exist? It doesn't make any sense. Like, Lucifer rebelling against the Lord is enough for evil to spontaneously emerge out of what? I thought God was everything. If God is everything and there's nothing apart from him and everything up until this point is pure goodness and 
nothing bad ever exists anywhere because God is infinite, then how the fuck was this action enough for evil to just spontaneously come into being? It doesn't make any sense. God would have to be evil himself. He can't just, how could evil come from nothing, you know? You can't make something that doesn't exist exist just because of this action. It makes no fucking sense. So I started to think about that and it started to trip me up because I was still a Christian at the time, you know, and my immediate instinctive Christian response, because I had been so brainwashed in this mode for forever, was to start hating myself even more. Like, oh my God, I can't believe you're doubting. Because in Christianity too, they really, they really uh, hammer this idea home that if you're doubting, um, you know, you're, you're you're being tempted by sin like they frame even things like being tempted by philosophy and intellectualism as flirting with sin you're not supposed to question these things they're sinful and the devil is a trickster so he'll get you if you go too deep he'll get you so that's what i thought was happening i'm like dude i'm get the devil is fucking getting me he's getting my mind i'm losing my faith and i knew that if i lost my faith entirely i would go to hell and burn forever so i started to freak out and i actually started to become like genuinely suicidal i thought that if i could end my own life before I completely lost my faith that perhaps I could still have a chance at going to heaven, you know? It was some Andrea Yates shit. This is why I really relate to the story of Andrea Yates, the woman who drowned her children uh, to send them to heaven because I relate to this experience of feeling like I had to do something horrible and violent in this instance to myself to atone for myself and guarantee my own salvation. But... As time went on, I mean, this this probably happened for like months, the better part of a year. Um, I became so distressed and exhausted that one day I just finally let it go. And I was like, you know what? Fuck it. If I'm evil, I'm evil. I don't want to live this way. I want to live. And then like, it was like as soon as I fucking let it go, I like realized, I mean, not in such articulate terms as Nietzsche lays out for us in genealogy, but this was like the most life affirming moment for me because I was like, wow, like Christ is supposed to represent life and Christianity is supposed to represent life. But literally it had sucked the life out of me. And just by my gesture of denying this shit and wanting to live like I feel so affirmed. I feel for the first time like I'm excited to live and live autonomous autonomously and be my own agent, you know. I feel like this attitude is reinforced as time went on, you know. Um, I, I realized that much of my upbringing was steeped in this self-hatred. And I think that's part of why I become so critical of these other attitudes I'm talking about that don't necessarily emerge from a Christian lens. You know, there's this is still the mode in secular society, this hatred of humanity, this self-hatred, this pessimism about who we are by nature and what we're capable of. I think without my experience with Christianity, perhaps I would be less critical of it. But because I've had this experience, like I, 
I try to share this sentiment whenever I can because I think that people don't realize exactly what's going on. I mean, for one, I think that people are absolving themselves of their own accountability, you know. It's almost like a mental procrastination. You don't believe that you are capable of achieving anything. You don't believe that, you know, you could do anything worthwhile. So it feels better to tell yourself, well, the world's going to end uh, in 10 years anyway who gives a fuck and humans are by nature greedy so whatever who gives a fuck you know like fuck us we deserve to die all this like I think that in many ways you are absolving yourself of accountability by having this attitude uh, but just as in uh, genealogy as Nietzsche describes it that in and of itself is like a false righteousness you're creating for yourself you know you feel this way and you feel that saying what you're saying is almost righteous you know to deny the greatness of humanity and to and to reject us you feel that that in and of itself is some sort of noble righteous stance to have about us you know you're hating the wicked human race you're you're righteous and you're pure and you've identified that humans are evil so you cast us away aren't you so fucking pure and mighty uh so i think there's a lot going on there but as far as self-hatred goes in general i know we all struggle with this um, I think that for myself, you know, like, like growing up, uh, especially right after I got out of Christianity or started to, like something I was always so insecure about was my own intellectual abilities, especially as I had no formal training in anything. I mean, I went to Christian school my whole life, like I said. In my school, uh, there were literally people who believed that Jesus planted dinosaur bones to tempt us these are the kinds of conversations i was having in my schooling during my formative years okay i have a terrible education you know and realizing this made me want so bad to become intelligent and i was so insecure about my own intelligence and i hated myself for a long time you know um but i don't know why but I was so glad to recognize at a certain point that being intelligent is, is something that anybody can be, you know. And this is part of why I started Phenomenology Club because I have no formal education. I've only taken a handful of philosophy classes. A lot of what I do even in the realm of art and shit, you know, and I do some like highly technical things. Um, a lot of what I do is self-taught, like... Uh, and I want to tell other people that you can all do this too because being intelligent is a skill that comes from practice. It's not some state of being. You're not born smart or born stupid. We're all smart as fuck. All of you. You're so fucking smart. I love your stupid little fucking brains. You hear me? So this is why I made Phenomenology Club and this is what, this is my mission. I am Babujibus. <laughs> <laughs> and I am I am your greatest gift. I'm Babu Jibos and I say you are great. You have the potential to do whatever you want. And it's Christmas. <laughs> uh I've been going for a minute. Um I should get out of here. Uh, that was basically just like a Babu Jibus overview, I guess, which is all I really expected this to be. Uh, so there's there's my Babu Jibus thoughts. I have so many more. 
I I have so many so many Jeebus thoughts. Um, so maybe you know maybe sometime I'll do some other Jeebus Jeebus things. Anyone have uh any any <laughs> any uh ideas? We should end on a Christmas note. Babu Jeebus. I love you too, Sam. It's Christmas, bitch. Oh, Chris Marquez asks, Buttress, what sect or church did you used to be a part of as a Christian, if I may ask? Um, well, we went to all different churches. Briefly, we're part of this church that ended up being some sort of a cult. It was very strange. They taught us that Jesus was secretly rich. It was bizarre. I wish I could find out the name of that pastor. I'm sure my parents know. I'll, I'll ask them. Uh, that was weird. But for the most part, I grew up um, going to a Pentecostal church. I went to Assemblies of God. So if you've seen that movie Jesus Camp, that documentary with the kids like <laughs> doing crazy shit, that was me. That was me. I was a young child lying prostrate before the Lord at the altar, fucking crying my fucking eyes out. It's all about like emotion and emoting and sh showing the Lord that you're emotional. I mean, it's really fucked up. I think it's very unhealthy. Uh, I think, it, but whatever. I'm, I'm, I'm okay with how I turned out. I think it's probably a huge part of why I'm so fucking dramatic. So dramatic. I live for drama. I mean, not like in social situations, but you know, things like Nietzsche and the grand nature of humanity and all this shit, you know, I love it. I fucking love it. I can never get enough. But uh, all, I, I was exposed to all different types of uh, sex. You know, there's a lot of overlap in Christianity. We all hang out. We just don't fuck with the Catholics. But like my school, my elementary and middle school was uh, Lutheran. And then I went to a Calvinist high school where we were taught the teachings of John Calvin, the man who, uh, uh, his whole thing was predetermination. This idea that you're born either destined for heaven or for hell. Um... But yeah, anyway, uh, I hope that I have given you a message of hope and of Christmas. I hope that this is better than yesterday's Christmas episode, even though this one feels less Christmassy, maybe. I'm much more satisfied that I've said something hopefully meaningful, where I have just given you my theory of Babu Jeebus. I hope you all have a very safe holiday. No drinking and driving, please. Not just for yourselves, but... Don't get in a car with no drunk people, okay? Thank you. Don't do that. The roads are icy. Make sure you wear your boots. <laughs> Don't wear sneakers. Wear some boots or sneakers with traction. Everyone be safe as fuck. Do drugs. Stare at the tree. And have fun. And I fucking love you, okay? Merry motherfucking Christmas. Merry Christmas, Christmas and all. Where's the milk and cookies? Christmas, Christmas, Christmas. 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 Christmas.